They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello everyone, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd, and joining me this evening I've got Steve Tancock, Dan Kingdom and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. It's been a little while since we got together. Guys, how are we all doing? Happy New Year, Steve. Not seen you since before. Uh, before Happy before New Year, everyone. Um, how's things up there in uh, the wet and windy northeast? And what have you made of uh, well, everything that's been going on in the last few months? Cold Anfield last night, Ian. In lots of ways, it was not a pleasant evening. It's mm. so. Uh, it's not been too bad today. Okay, well, actually. you started talking about football, so that's one strike, Steve. We'll get back to you in a minute. Dan, how are things with you? Social justice warrior, fight the power, <laughs> justice for interns. Well, well yeah, it was. Uh pretty mad 24 hours that was uh, but no I mean it all came about because Adam Collins tweeted about it and sort of put it back in my mind and I thought yeah let's try and take it a bit further and um, yeah I'm just delighted that you know via all the likes and retweets on Twitter um, as well it wasn't just down to me it was all the you know everyone piled on basically and um, yeah we managed to get them to change their policy um, it's only minimum wage but it's better than nothing and it's a step in the right direction so yeah, yeah I'm really glad we could uh, change things I mean, I, I had a letter through today saying my membership's gone up as a result of this. Did you get that as well, Steve? <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, the price decided we're going up to eight quid a pint. Thanks, Dan. Cheers for that. And Anthony, have you recovered after seeing Mr. Hurry's favourite word in Boston, black and white, in the cricketer this month? No, it's not just him. It's not just him. The bloody word learnings is taking over the, over the world. So not, it, it, you know, lessons is the word. Lessons. You learn lessons. I, look, I looked it up in the online dictionary, Gibbo. It's there. Learnings is, is an option, an optional extra. What am I trying to say? Uh, what's synonym? Alternative. Synonym. Oh, for, that's all. Uh, oh, good word. For, yeah. See, and the opposite of a synonym is an antonym. And you've got a yeah, homonym. Well. That's one that sounds like a word. Um, and I've forgotten everything else. We've gone off on a bit of a tangent, but um, I've got to encourage Sarge, if I do see him uh, down at the ground this year, Anthony, to be uh, be very effluent no, I think with use Anthony of the word learnings in any post-match interviews. By the first time he interviews Sarge yeah. after the day, he'd say, so, Sarge, what learnings do you take out of today and see what response you get? Exactly. I, 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 well, I was just about to say that, you know, the first batting collapse of the summer... <laughs> Probably won't be long today. I shall ask him what learnings yeah. did you take from that, then, Mister Hurry? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, um, don't bloody tempt fate, Anthony. I, th- I th- think you what you meant to say was after we score seven hundred against Hampshire on days one or two down at the Rose Bowl, and then skittle them out for forty-five and seventy-two and win by an innings of plenty in in two and a half days. What learnings did you take from that, Mister Hurry? That will be some <laughs> bloody good ones. Yeah, that's not long away, uh, long, far long away now, is it? The old first game of the season. Before that, though, fellas are out in Abu Dhabi. It's all right for some, having a bit of a, um, a winter training session there. They've got games against Essex. They got, a, I think they got a three-day and a couple of T20s. Does anybody know when exactly they are? I presume they'll be in the next couple of days. I don't know. I would imagine they'd be one over the weekend just for logical reasons and logistical reasons. I can't imagine they're over there for more than two weeks. So, yeah, it must be. Hmm. I saw Essex had an intra-squad game today. Cook's 11 against somebody else's 11. But our lads seem to be in the gym, in the nets or around the pool at the moment. So, um, I saw Roloff, uh, I saw you pick that up on Twitter as well. Roloff playing one of the, a Roloff shot. It was, looked like yeah. a ramp, but he looked like he had his back. A bit too vertical, and it looked the wrong way around. Like, yeah, he looked like he was kind of playing a a forehand smash with it. But um, who are we to uh, who are we to? Um, My takeaway so far was that video with Will Smead doing weights, and it looks like he's even more stacked than he was at the end yeah. of last season. So he's he's clearly spent most of his time when he's not been smashing runs in the PSL. That was two tickets to the gun show. Will Smead well, it was wasn't serious it? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Should we have a little talk about yeah. Will Smead? Because he's become a bit of a sensation 
over the winter. Two knocks of, of 90 in the PSL. Probably should have got to hundreds for both of them. The run rate pressure, I think, was uh, not uh, allowing him just to knock. Uh, well, he got a long up and a full toss, didn't he? Um, to um, When he was on 97 and 99, respectively. But, uh, yeah, he's becoming a bit of a hot property. But is he the answer to our four-day batting woes? Not according to uh, Jim Troughton, who I had lunch with the other day. Oh, name's um, up there, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, well, he spoke at the um, West of England Cricket Society. It was very, very good, actually. Yeah. Um, but And my job with the West of England Cricket Society is to take the speaker out to lunch beforehand. Tough job, but someone's got to do it. So, <laughs> so I was doing my best to extract some useful information. But uh, he, he I, and I did say, why, you know, why isn't Will Smead playing Red Bull cricket? And he said, well... Uh, the trouble is, he, his technique doesn't doesn't suit it. He takes a leg stump guard, and his instincts are all going after the ball, which on a flat track with a white ball is absolutely great. He's a very talented striker of the ball, but you know he 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 himself, Will Smead, and he said this as well last season, doesn't feel that he's really equipped to play red ball cricket against the moving ball, and I'm a, I'm awfully afraid he's going to be lost to red ball cricket and will end up plying his trade as a white ball mercenary uh, around the world, which would be, you know, great for the we get the opportunity to watch him, including us here in, in Somerset. But you, you would have thought that anyone with that amount of natural talent, and I know people who've, who've been involved in coaching Will from, you know, when he was in short, short trousers, and they all say he's just about the most talented batsman, young batsman they have seen. Uh, and it just it just seems to me to be a failure of coaching as much as anything that he that he can't be coached to apply that huge amount of natural talent to red ball cricket rather than just you know the the hit and giggle stuff. Which but when um, he, Anthony when he came into the side and played got that eighty odd against Gloucestershire in the T Twenty a couple of years ago. Then it was, we were all saying, yeah, but he's a Red Bull player. We all thought he was going to be yes. a Red Bull player. So I don't understand how he's gone through all the age groups being earmarked as a Red Bull player, had one hit in a T20 and suddenly become a White Bull player. And, you know, I, I, I'm astonished because what I was going to say when I saw you put it on the agenda is I really hope he gets the, his chance of Red Bull cricket this year. Unless, of course, the batting coach is just doing the take the pressure off well, we haven't got a batting. We haven't got a batting coach. All right, Jim Troughton then is taking. Well, he's with Surrey. All right, we've got okay. to Surrey. We okay. haven't got a batting coach, um, and and what what Jim also said was, um, Will um, in the seconds at the start of last season did play quite a few red ball games and didn't get any runs. Yep. You know, um, and I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think it's really really sad. Uh, it's a great shame that a really good coach can't take him in, can't take him in hand and, and teach him, you know, a good defensive technique. Defence is the foundation of all batsmanship, um, and you know, make him the the all the fully rounded cricketer that he ought to be. Instead of what I fear is going to be, he's going to turn out to be a one-dimensional cricketer and a very good one at that. You know, um, in the mould of of Joss Butler probably you know that good but um it's just, it's just just a shame because you know to me proper cricket is red ball cricket i enjoy the white white ball stuff you know it's it's entertaining it brings the crowds in but the cricket that really matters that has the subtlety all of the different facets to it is is proper red ball cricket and and that's where you should be playing his trade as well as well as with the white ball I just wonder, did COVID back in 2020, did that... Because we didn't play any second-team cricket in 2020, and that's when Will would have been at that right mm -hmm. age mm -hmm. to come in and play a full season of second-11 cricket with the view to possibly getting a game or two at the end of, end of the season if circumstances allowed it. Then, uh, where do we go into 2021? As you say, played a few Red Bull games, but he kind of gone on and had his debut and played a few T20 games uh, at the end of 2020 and I, I just think that 
you know, had circumstances been different and he'd got into some higher quality Red Bull cricket at a bit of a younger age, albeit only a year, maybe things would have turned out differently for him. But I'm just wondering now, I'm not saying necessarily it's too late. I mean, kid's only, what, 19, 20. But if he's looking, if he's got a, this great path in front of him in, in white ball cricket, that's where all the big bucks are. Why would you bother? Mm. Yeah, quite. Why would Absolutely. you bother? I think he's very ambitious, though. I, th I don't think he'll have given up on red ball cricket. He just needs to find, as we were just, as we were just discussing, he needs to find a technique for it and um, score some runs in the second 11 and then go from there. But the problem is as well that the formats are so diverse these days. You know, there aren't many international players who really ex uh, succeed in both formats. Um, there are a few, but they're like you know the real you know the best players. You know, it came Williamson and Steve Smith. I mean, though Steve Smith's not actually that good at T20 cricket, but um, you know, Rohit oh, Sharma. I'd, 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 <laughs> I'd have him. <laughs> Steve Smith? No, we don't want him in T20 cricket. He's well, He's maybe. Not. All of the ones you're mentioning, with the exception of Steve Smith, have a really good basic technique. Yes. You know, yes. they, they are really good conventional cricketers with their games founded on all of the you know the principles of, of, of batsmanship. And they have grafted onto that their white their white ball skills. Uh, the, the, the coming generation of cricketers is the other way around. You know, at Millfield or Kings, what they practice in the in the nets isn't the f it's the lap and and the reverse sweep and power hitting and and all of that. And uh, as as you said, Ian, you know, the the big money in cricket is in white ball cricket, and you're only paying twenty you know twenty overs a side. You're not grinding it out over four days on a on a cold day at Northampton. Or somewhere in front of two men and other grounds top. are available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and it's the the game has sort of turned on its head, and 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 the youngsters now coming into the game, by and large, the young batsmen, they want to play white ball cricket. They want to slog it. They want to power hit. You know, and and that's that's where the money is. That's where the glory is. And and why not do it? Can't blame them. Totally agree, Anthony, about your point about technique. You watch any of the shots, you know, the laps, the ramps, the reverses, they're all based on the fundamentals of balance, keeping your head and eyes level, uh, mm. watching the ball. Um, so, yeah, so uh, just slightly elaborating on the, the is Will Smead the, um, the answer to our batting woes? We've, I think we can well, agree, not yet. Possibly, but not yet. A few questions have come in about, and this is a, we, we always love talking about this one. What is our side for the first game of the season? I've got, <laughs> we, did we discuss this last time? I think I've got my eight locked in, eight or nine locked in. There's three, four, and five, uh, sorry, four, five, and six for me. No, sorry, four and five, I'll start again. Four and five for me are the two spots up for grabs um and 12 as with most of your teams usually have 12 okay in all right which one, yes <laughs> well you have to pick a squad uh, and see what the pitch is like on the day steve but steve you've you've what do you think then who i mean presumably you can work out who my my gaps are at four and five and who my nine shoe-ins are well i've, I've got a top four okay. which goes Renshaw, lammers abel hildy mm -hmm. because yeah. i'm not giving up on hildy i'm until Hildy gives up on us, I'm not giving up on Hildy. I'm reading the runes and batting Lewis Gregory at six. Yeah. Which I suppose puts his namesake, Christian namesake, in at five. Thinking about it. Davis yeah. seven, Craigo eight, then Davy Siddle. And of course, I'd put Jack Leach in, but of course we're talking about a wet Southampton. You're then looking at you know, the Merchant of Menace, probably, or someone slotting in there. I know, I know, I wouldn't, well, but... Don't I can't play with Siddard and Renshaw, remember? No, of course you can't, no. So, yeah, it's that last, probably it's that last scene bowling slot that's the, the interesting one for me. I play Leech every day of the week. Mm, I would. Leech, Bannister Tech. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with you. I mean, exactly the same. I, I think Davis is too low at seven. You're, you're wasting um, one of our... Well, you can easily flip him and Lewis, can't you? Yeah, Lewis I, think, I, think Lewis, 
you know, Lewis Gregory, all right, he topped the averages uh, last season by, by, by some margin. But he hasn't really proved himself as, as a mainstream batsman, whereas Steve Davis has, you know, has got, got a record to, to prove it. I think uh, number number five is the big question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, as to where, as to whether you, you go for Lewis Lewis Goldsworthy, um, there's a case to be made for uh, George Bartlett. I'd like to see them try James Roo. Mm-hmm. One thing, I, one thing I did manage to get out of Jim Trout, I asked him who, 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 which, which of the young Somerset batters he thought were most likely to make it. You know, really, really um, become top class cricketers. And he said Tom Tom Lamanby, Lewis Goldsworthy. And James Rue, and I think you know, James Rue did did well out in the um, under nineteen. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a very talented cricketer. Uh, I think Lewis Goldsworthy deserves a chance, but you know, last season he averaged twenty one point two. You know, and he, he you know he, he looks good, but he hasn't produced the goods yet. And if he doesn't produce the goods in these early games, and the, Somerset have got a horrendous start to, to, to the season in, in the county championship. You know, Hampshire away, Essex at home, Surrey away, Warwickshire at home, and then Gloucestershire away. And I think Gloucestershire, I've said this before, I think they're going to be the dark horses. They're going to be a, a real threat in the championship this year. We've got to get off to a fast start. And and the the young batters have have got to got to score some runs, and let's hope that Renshaw is in the sort of form that he was back in 2018, when he averaged 50. But he a bit like Tom Lavenby, he does give the bowlers a chance outside the off stump. And I bet Kyle Abbott and Mohammed Abbas will be rubbing their hands if Hampshire win the toss on April the seventh and put Somerset in. You know, could be a and don't forget reverse of what happened that, last year. That he got runs early in the season, the year he was with us. He did, but he was he was always giving the the bowlers a chance outside the off stump. He was caught the second slip. I don't know how many times. And I mean that innings against against Yorkshire when he he got the hundred and he got off the mark with a six and he reached fifty with a six and he reached a hundred with a six. I mean it was a fantastic innings. But he, he said it himself, you know, that it was doing so much that he thought he might just about go out and have fun while it lasted. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's twenty eighteen Matt Renshaw and again you can't tell anything from watching him play in the big bash over the winter, but you listen to the commentators and I think he's quite highly regarded in all formats of cricket in Australia now. So he's clearly developed in that time. That's so I mean, I've got a, a huge a I was so excited when he was came, coming back because, you know, it's it's almost like I've almost got my Devon Conway wish, but I've got the next best thing sort of thing. They say so, he's calmed. They say he's calmed down a bit as well. He isn't quite so manic in the. Yeah, that's what Sarge said at the members' day. He's not. He's yeah. not quite yeah. bouncing that's off his the walls like he used. Yes, his learnings over the past <laughs> few years. <laughs> so what about you then Dan who's in and who's out of the of the, uh, the DK11 um, it is difficult uh, I have thought about it um, I'm going to talk about some of the questions that I think Somerset are probably going to be working on over the next few weeks and during the pre-season friendlies the first one is the balance of the side so are we going to go in with four bowlers with Abel as the fifth bowler or five bowlers with Abel as the sixth bowler because we sort of tried both at times last week <laughs> We might sort of have to go towards having five bowlers if Gregory's still got these injury problems. Um, obviously, you know, he's he wasn't quite a full pelt, full pelt in the PSL, um, so he's maybe still working his way back. So it might be that we have to play Gregory at seven rather than at eight, which was what we often did last season. Um, another question is whether Renshaw is going to open or bat in the middle order, because while I think we all sort of envisage him opening, he hasn't been opening in the Sheffield Shield. Um, last couple of games he's batted at three and then prior to that this season he's batted at four or five so I, I'm not sure but I mean opening, the opening spot is where there's an obvious vacancy so that's presumably where he'll bat but if he you know he might be more comfortable in the middle order but then that potentially overall weakens the lineup if you know because I think all of our players are better in the middle order near enough um, so then it just comes down to the lineup itself so for me, it's Lamaby, Abel, Renshaw, Davis. They're all certain starters. And then it's two or three remaining batting slots um, where we've got the choice of Hildreth, Bartlett, Banton, 
Goldsworthy, Green and Smead, although I think Smead's probably unlikely as we were discussing, and also Thomas and Rue, but I think they're unlikely to start. So I guess it's Hildjof, Bartlett, Banton, Goldsworthy, Green, two or three of them. And I think it's going to come down to pre-season, um, who scores the most runs in pre-season, who's looking good. Um, and then they'll probably go from there. Um, you know, I, I want to see Bartlett score runs this season. You know, he's he obviously yeah, progressed yeah. a bit last season. I'd love to see him um, get back to scoring heavy runs again because I think we all we all know he's got potential. He scored you know a few centuries for us. He scored centuries against Broad and um, was it one game against Broad at Trent Bridge? There was another game against Jimmy Anderson yeah. at Old Trafford against Morning with Guildford. Um, you know, Bartlett is a player who I think has got a long term future in the side. So can I just say Dan that I've seen make hundreds three times I saw the hundred at Old Trafford and the one at Trent Bridge so mm. if he wants to if he wants to pay for me to go to those games early <laughs> in the season I'm more than happy to uh, accept the payment yes please um, he got, he got oh. a brilliant hundred against Gloucestershire as well back in 2020 he did on, yeah. on a really difficult pitch when nobody else could get any runs at all and, and George Bartlett made it look the easiest thing in the world yeah, I watched that one through the gates for part of it <laughs> so I count that one as well yeah, yeah, and the Royal London, uh, Royal London hundred against Leicester was it? Leicester's Him and uh, yeah. George Thomas put on that big partnership as well. He was he was struggling for form sort of the the few games before that, but he just went out and he looked a million bucks um, in that game. So average, he averaged twenty four point eight six last season. But he's another one who, and Anthony, you mentioned it so much on commentary last year. He seemed not to know which guard he wanted to mm. take, and he was batting mm. in all these weird configurations. And again. He has got the technique. He's the the flip side of Will Smead. But it seems that you know they've met. Say they. I don't want to blame anyone, but somebody has clearly got into his head and told him to change the technique that was working back in previous seasons. I think he's. Well, I don't think it wasn't. It wasn't Jim Troughton. He was. He was wedded to the off stump guard before Jim. Not. I don't think Jim had a huge amount of influence anyway on the first team players. He was more concerned with the with the yeah. second team. What do you want? It does worry me that we don't actually have a batting coach. Not yet. On the <laughs> Not yet. What did, did what, was this raised at the um, members meeting? Um. No, I don't think there was a Q and A. Um, I know we we um, advertised one. Just quickly going back to George Bartlett. I'm, I can't remember if I said this on the last podcast or not, but at the. Uh, at the members' day, he kind of went on the mic uh, while he was in the nets, and all the sort of the members were up on the balcony watching. He said he was just trying to get his trigger in a bit earlier because I think he in what was it sort of May June he went through a period of being out about five times in a row, leaving straight balls. Uh, yes. LBW all bowled. So um, yeah, I think he's kind of on the move, not really knowing where his off stump is. So he's sort of consciously working on that. So I think he may be trying to undo. But the whole point of taking the off stump card is that you know when you're off where your off stump is. <laughs> that's that's the just that's the explanation yeah. for it. Oh, oh, I don't know. Well, they all take about four guards these days anyway. Don't you watch them when they come in, in the test match? They take one on middle and they scrape that. Then they take one on leg and then they scrape that and they scrape another one in the middle. Then scrape one a bit forward and one a bit back. Groundsman's yeah. nightmare. Um, yeah, my two penneth on that is I'm I'm purely going for. Again, well, I'm assuming that uh, that Renshaw's going to open. Oh, that's a oh no! Sorry, Craigo's just had a big LBW shout. I've got the cricket on my, I've got the Test match on my iPad. I think he just squirted off the inside edge. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, my two spots. Yeah, my so so. Again, I'm assuming that Renshaw's going to open. I think we needed to sign an opener, so I presume that he's going to open. And then for me, it's just who looks. Not necessarily who scores the most runs in preseason, but who looks the best in preseason to go into those that those slots at four and five. Um, uh, I, you know, I'd love it to be Hildy, but I think you know if you're a batter and your your currency is runs, and if you ain't making the runs, I don't think anybody should be an automatic pick in the side. You know, you have to. You, okay, you absolutely okay. have to look at the record that a player's had over the years, and then you kind of have to balance it with. with what form are they in at the moment? What form have they been in in the last few years? You know, what's my realistic expectation <laughs> from this player going forward? And I hope, I hope to God that Hildy caps a career off this year with a county championship winners medal and another one the season after that and another one the season after that. But if it's not to be, it's not to be. 
Marcus didn't have a fairy tale ending. Sometimes these these things don't work out in sport like that. But I would. Yeah, Hildy's a lot younger than a lot, lot younger than Banger. Yeah, you know, I, I I can't imagine that he would be carrying on unless he thought that he's still got it in him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had three dismal, dismal seasons, but he must believe in his own heart of hearts because he doesn't need to play cricket. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got he's got an alternative, very good career. He must believe in his heart and heart, heart of hearts that he's still got it in it. He can still do it. Otherwise, you know, he might just have packed uh, packed it in. So yeah, I have certainly start off with with Hildy, but if he doesn't score the runs, then yeah, he, as with Triscothic back in twenty nineteen. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter who they are. If they're not performing, they, they've got to go. Yeah. Well, let's hope uh, Hildy's career finishes lifting the county championship trophy rather than uh, being a sub and then 10 minutes later watching uh, Ryan Tenderscar to lift it before he gets on the phone to the ECB to report our pitch. Oh, <laughs> where's Dan gone? We've got the we've got the team's avatar in place of Dan. Maybe he's just snipped to the toilet for a minute. Uh, what else have we got at the moment then? Uh, Peter Trigo is on his way back to Taunton in an ambassadorial role. I think he's going to be doing a bit of commentary on the live stream. I know he hosted the uh, the evening with Rory Bremner a few weeks ago, so it'll be great to see Trigs back uh, in and around Taunton in between his uh, stints on the golf course. Now, you might not know this, but I have got an exclusive... I don't think this has been... Re- well, obviously, if it's an exclusive, obviously we wouldn't know it by definition. Well, Go on. This has been... Uh, this was... Uh, oh, the Dan, you've just cocked the stream up. Oh, sorry. By turning your camera off and turning it back on again. I think I've oh, I've gone really... Uh, right, I will leave it. It'll sort so itself out. Anyway, Dan, did you hear about my exclusive news? Well, I haven't heard what you said. I have, I I have, have some exclusive news about an event coming to Taunton in June. Everybody's favourite state the obvious commentator. There will be an evening with Graham Swan in the capital oh, room no. sometime oh, in June. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got it. I got the email through from the the people that organised. How much are they paying us to have a ticket? Oh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But um, sorry. Yeah. So I thought, well. Maybe not, because I, I could. Uh, I just couldn't sit there with Graham Swan going, now I'm putting my fork into my peas, and I'm eating my peas and putting them in my mouth. Someone is walking over there. See, what I'm doing is this, he does state the obvious when he goes on commentary. I'll I'll leave the stand-up comedy to other people. So if you want to go and uh, indulge Graham Swan's ego for a night in June, I'm sure uh, details will be, uh, will be released about that soon. Um... Right, so we get on to the, the main business then. England, Craig and Jack currently in the West Indies. Uh, Craig got a second ball duck today. Uh, Jack was cruelly robbed of a century by Johnny Bairstow playing a very injudicious shot when uh, Jack was uh, just set, having precisely guided one between uh, between uh, slip and keeper. The score currently, England are 142 for four. Uh, Mark Woods bowling at the uh, sorry yeah West Indies under forty two four hundred sixty nine behind Mark Woods bowling at the moment but where do we see Craig and Jack's long term England future then obviously we've had the you know the hoo ha about Broad and Anderson not being selected for this tour that's done and dusted now personally I think it was a mistake I think that England side need to get winning games soon and leaving out your two best ever bowlers is is that the right way to do it I don't know they talk about the Red Bull reset blah 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 but yeah Craig and Jack do we think we'll see much of them this summer yeah I do well certainly in the first first half of the season because mm-hmm. there isn't any international cricket until the was it the Indian no the um, June June test game June, isn't it yeah. so so we'll have them for the you know those first six um, very you know absolutely vital county championship games um they're long-term, I, I don't know. I mean, I was asked this on Radio Bristol just, just now, and they're both still, I think, in the category of sort of on the fringe of the England setup. Um, Joe Root doesn't rate Jack Leach. You can tell that, again, by the fields he set today. You know, he just wants Jack Leach to hold up one end and not get smashed around. Um, and Craig Overton, I mean, he's a wonderful, wonderful bowler on early season county championship wickets here. He, he doesn't offer quite so much on the sort of pitch they're playing in Antigua uh, at the moment. I, I was uh, watching um, Wokes didn't bowl very well, but Wokes was getting it to swing 
and Craig wasn't really. You know, he was running in. He was bowling 80, 80 miles an hour. He was hitting hitting the pitch, going through nicely. But yeah, he, he didn't. Uh, it would it would be very hard to 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 say that Craig Overton is a better bowler than Stuart Broad or Jimmy Anderson. You know, on on or or, or Mark Wood. For, for that matter. But I think you could argue that he's a better bowler now than Chris Wilkes. Whether he's a better bowler than Ollie Robinson, I think the jury's out on that. Robinson, again, on his day, can be very, very effective. But he isn't the fittest. He isn't the most popular. And he's not the most consistent. Not the so most I popular? Think... I've not heard that one before, Anthony. Do you know something we right. Well, <laughs> just ask them up at Yorkshire. Fair enough. About about, about his departure, and um, but yeah, he's you know he's he's a, he's a good bowler. But I wouldn't have said there was much between Chris Wokes, uh, Ollie Robinson, and Craig Overton. And if Craig has a good tour in the West Indies, he could put himself ahead of those two. Yeah, I mm. agree with that. He's just bowling at the moment. Just knocks that one off his pads there, uh, Holder. I wonder whether this summer. I'm commentating. I'm living. I'm living the dream. I'm living the dream. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Um, I wonder whether this summer um, there'll be less tight bubbles. So hopefully, if Craig is in a test squad but is not picked for the actual yes. match, yes, hopefully he'll be allowed to return to us and play. Because obviously last year there was the farcical situation with Craig and Leach both pointlessly missed a couple of championship games because they were in the um, New Zealand the squad for the New Zealand Test series, and then similar happened. Um, in the India series as well, didn't it? So hopefully they'll be allowed to come come back to play for us because I can't see them being regulars, and especially they sort of like to rotate their bowlers, um, the, the pace bowlers in particular. So I think Craig will play some tests this summer, but hopefully not so many that he misses lots of games for us. And also another factor is the fact that just the New Zealand Test series is on during the blast, isn't it? So it might be that actually championship games end up and also the the uh, south africa series is kind of during the hundreds so hopefully he won't miss too much um championship <coughs> in for england as well it might be the, the other the other formats which he's less important in mm-hmm. yeah i thought the south african series goes on into september though doesn't it uh, it does i think yeah i think it's partly I mean, it- partly after it yeah but i mean if he's in the um, it worried me that if he's in in the england setup for the South Africa series, we won't see him really in the run into the county championship, not until probably the last game or the last couple of games. Mm. I will have won yeah, he's so important. That. You know, he's so important to, a, you know, as the leader of the attack at Somerset, especially if Gregory isn't fully fit, which I fear may be the case. I think that's why we need to get, as we were saying earlier, off to a good start while we've got Craig yeah. available and Gregory available and Leach available. Get some wins on the board early, so we, we can sort of get a bit of a, you know, a, a buffer for for later. Absolutely, yeah, for our inevitable September to forget. <laughs> History won't repeat itself. I'm sure history will not uh, repeat itself. Um, yeah, Dan, what's your favourite cheese? <laughs> I'm just doing listeners' questions um, now. Um, yeah, so my favourite cheese, I don't really have a single favourite. I have different cheeses for different situations, really. A bit of cheddar, double Gloucester, like brie, that's quite nice. Uh, I like Jarlsberg. You're not allowed to like Gloucester, by cheese, the way, Dan. Double um, Gloucester, yeah. double Gloucester! <laughs> Red Leicester's quite nice. Yeah, yeah um, we have a clear, don't have a clear favourite, but cheddar's pretty <laughs> soft. That was, our, that was our first listener's question of the week. That was from uh, Dan's friend Joe, who... Uh, Possibly tongue-in-cheek. Uh, right, should we go through a few more listeners' questions then? John Hayes, which overseas player, Delanger, Siddle or Renshaw, is going to have the biggest impact? In what? In Four. cricket. Well, I, I mean, I, my hopes are pinned on Peter Siddle. Yeah. I, I think, think he did really well. He may be 37, but he did really well for Essex and, you know, fit as a flea. You'll come, you'll come charging in. I, th- I think, you know, Renshaw, I hope, you know, I hope Steve is right and, and Matt Renshaw is, is scores really good good runs at the top of the order. That would make a big difference. But I th- my, my feeling is that Siddle is, is, the, is the one. I think my contacts in Essex are, are not not best pleased, these left Essex. And you can say Dolphy if you want, Anthony. 
<laughs> exactly. And one or two others as well. And I just say, Dan, I have a new social media campaign for you, though, in reference to Peter Siddle. Mm. If you look at his Twitter bio, because I've just flicked it up to check it, former Australian and Victorian cricketer currently playing for Tasmania Tigers, Adelaide Strikers, Essex Eagles. You heard it here first, listeners. Can we all start tweeting at Peter Siddle 403 and ask him politely yep. to read Viv Richards' tweet from yesterday and <laughs> do something similar? <laughs> I, think, I shall be on it as soon as we finish recording. I will too. I think Peter Siddle will have a good season, but in terms of impact, how can I say this? If he has an impact as a scene bowler, i.e. outperforms our already pretty good scene bowling department, then I think there's going to be a problem. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? Is we have got a, Our scene bowlers are so stacked that you would expect them to kind of more or less complement each other one or one of one of them will take the odd five for every now and again but if one of them is standing out it kind of means that the others aren't performing well do you get am oh, I, I don't know. I mean, sense? No. no i'm not making sense <laughs> I, I think he's going to be a real influence on and off the field i think he's effectively going to be like the bowling captain if you can have such a thing yeah I mean, as you know, I like I love watching the Big Bash. It sort of fits in with my work life, work life balance. And I was really impressed with him. You know, even before I had my Somerset spectacles on, watching him, and that news broke. He led Adelaide Strikers really well. Um, he's a very clever cricketer, and I think he will. I think all the bowlers will benefit from having him there and I, I suspect part of the, the deal is that he is going to be somebody who's going to be really involved with the younger bowlers coming through you know I just think I think it's a re I mean I first saw it I thought oh ex-Essex player I'm not sure if I'm that happy with that because of my dreadful prejudices I have in that direction <laughs> and then I was like no this is a really good signing you know, I've said to you on this before, the old saying that I adapted from baseball, if you think you've got enough scene ball to sign another one, you couldn't have done couldn't have done much better. And considering what six weeks ago we were all going, where are the signings? What's going yeah. on? I think they've done okay. Yeah. Yeah. No domestic signings coming in, but then is there anybody that I know you're a big Jake Libby fan, Steve, you'd yeah. love to have him yeah, but he's, down at Taunton, but yeah. realistically speaking, there's no, apart from sort of your England players, your Joe Roots, those type of players, there's nobody that we need really. I suppose. No, I mean, you, and you've got to move. you've got to give your young players who've come through the pathway a chance to show what they can do. I mean, you know, imagine what it would do to James Root, um, feeling of, of self worth. If 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 Somerset would assign a uh, you know a medium mediocre type batsman from another from another county you know we, we need we've invested a hell of a lot in our in our young cricketers and we need to give them the chance to show what they can do otherwise they'll go there, there are plenty of other places that, that that they can go i see um van maker has signed up for gloucestershire not yes. that i would put him you know he, he, well, he didn't come up through the pathway but lovely bloke but you know, uh, uh, Will Smead, I can see heading off to Birmingham di uh, direction, and uh, Tom Banton. You know, if he, who knows where he's going to? You, we've invested so much that we need to give them the chance to show what they can do, and that goes for the bowlers as well, the Sunny Bakers and Ned Leonard's and and Casey, Casey Aldridge's as well. Absolutely. And if you look through the, the signings, you know the ins and outs that I saw a couple of days ago. I went through that and I thought there was maybe one or two. I thought he might have been worth a punt. Finn Hudson Prentice, the name that always sticks out to me, is maybe. I think he's gone to Sussex from Derbyshire. Dan, is that right? That's right. Yeah. Um, there weren't many there, and you know we said this on the pod last year. Who who was out there to sign? You know, and unless I do succeed in kidnapping Jake Libby when I drive past Worcester next time, <laughs> you know, who are we? Who are we going to sign that's actually going to make the side better? You mentioned Sam Northeast, Anthony, when he was moving. Oh, around. No, I don't, we don't want Yeah, that. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> my, my view is that I'd rather see Rue or Thomas or Goldsworthy yes. given the run and, you know. Absolutely. 
Ben Stokes is into his seventh over. By the way, this is Ben Stokes who wasn't going to bowl in this test match. So. <laughs> <laughs> what else have we got good on there? Um, announced this week, um, England Lions are playing South Africa on July the 12th. Um, now that is, I think, the second day of the Lancashire away game at Southport, which I think is, yeah. is beginning to look a bit like uh, everybody's prefer preferred away day for the mm -hmm. season. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm definitely going to try and make it. Steve, I presume it only being. 10 minutes down the road from... Uh, guess where I am in the, that week. Oh. And it's not Southport. And actually, I've got a very good client friend who is on the committee of Southport Cricket Club. So I could have basically killed it for four days. I'm going to be with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck during that day. <laughs> Would you believe Disneyland? Getting another fridge magnet. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a whole range to get, I imagine, next this summer. But no, very bad timing. You could have predicted it, though. Well, mm. this is this, uh, all joking aside, this is what happens when the fixtures come out two months later than they should have done. Mm. Yeah. yeah. People, yeah. you know, you can't wait forever to book your, your summer holiday and then, oh, well, it clashes with the game that I really, really wanted to go to. Mm. It's that for me. Mm. I'm, I'm on holiday the first, um, first home game of the season. I'm in Tenerife when we play Essex. Might have to do the podcast on the beach that week. <laughs> as long as I got Wi-Fi, should be okay. Yeah. But yeah, just just utterly daft. Um, yeah, so Southport away. We are is it Southport or Stock Southport, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to turn up at bloody Stockport, aren't I? I know exactly what's going to happen. Um, yeah, so um, but good to see the England Lions uh, choosing Taunton for that game. Uh, we're probably going to have maybe Lewis a one-day game. So Lewis, Gregory, probably, maybe. Who else might be having that? Banton, maybe. maybe. Abel, possibly. Oh, that would that would just put the icing on the bloody cake, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we'll lose many. There used to be, I think there's still that rule where England Lions teams when they pick their squad they have they can only pick two players from, right. from one county so right. yeah. it shouldn't be too hard here the other factor speaking of england absentees is there's that netherlands odi series which is during the new zealand test series so that's going to be non-test players so that that we could lose gregory banton abel overton to that you know any Roll combination well. of those guys uh yeah I, yeah i guess oh, he so. plays for the netherlands he's the yeah. netherlands Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pass your bedtime, Anthony. <laughs> well, Roloff doesn't yeah. often miss... I'm sure county cricket <laughs> often takes precedence over the Netherlands, but because it's against England, it kind of seems a bit silly mm. if he doesn't go. Although, I'm not sure Roloff was picked in Netherlands' last squad. They may have moved on from him after can't, their or T20 World Cup performance. Mm. So. Yeah. can't understand that at all. No, not gonna. What else have we got on the agenda then? We've done that, we've done that. Ah, we have a new T20 captain. Um, and that's a few weeks ago. Tom Abel is taken over from Lewis Gregory, and I think we can all agree that's probably quite a good thing, isn't it? Getting the consistent leadership across both sides. <laughs> yeah, and it will help Gregory's form, hopefully, as well. He's been pretty patchy in T20 the last couple of years, so good, good thing all around. He's a good captain, though, Lewis. He, he is a good captain. You know, he captained England under 19s, and and he's he, you know he's got the personality for it. So I just hope he doesn't put too much weight on Tom Abel's already overburdened shoulders. You know, he does he does carry a, a, a very heavy burden in all sorts of different he ways. Yeah, but he carries it well, doesn't he? He's sort he of does, does, but, it, but, it, but it, club he, has, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. yeah, where every club has the guy who, who prepares the pitch during the week, does the cops nets, yeah. is always there in the winter decorating the pavilion and sorting everything out, and then plays on a Wednesday afternoon when they're one short as well. He's that, he's that, you know, Mister yeah. Everything. And, but if there's anyone that's going to do it, Tom Abel's the yeah. person that can do it. The so. amount of times as well, if you're watching a T20 game on Sky, they will refer to Tom Abel as a captain. Even though he's not captain in that game, Lewis Gregory's captain. I, I can remember Rob Key doing it. I, I'm sure it happened a few times uh, during the quarter final against Lancashire. I mean, essentially, he played a you know he played a captain's knock without the armband on, uh, didn't he? That game, but 
yeah, just carries that air of captaincy well, doesn't he? He's, I, mean, I think when you've got a captain as well respected and as good a captain as Tom Abel is, it it, it just makes sense. And do you think the flip works as well? That when you've got somebody who is the leader of the group, and then you're captaining the side and he's in the side, that could be that could be quite challenging. I think. Yeah, I just I just hope top, if Tom Abel gets big runs in the county championship in those first six games, you know, England are looking for a new captain. They're also looking for some decent top order batsmen. Mm-hmm. If Tom Abel can you know really fulfill his potential as as a batsman he would put himself this is not just several people have said this to me mm-hmm. what about tom abel as cat as a future captain of england well, Nasser he would be a super, it on the last sky cricket yeah, podcast he would be a superb captain but he needs to justify his selection by weight of runs mm-hmm. and that's the challenge for for tom i mean it would be, it would be terrible for us in Somerset to, oh, to lose awful. <laughs> to to, uh, to England, but it'd be wonderful for Tom, and and you know he he is a he's, he's a natural captain. He leads by example. He's a lovely bloke, and I'd love love to see him captaining his country. But he's got to score the the sort of runs that he scored in the first half of last season. If he can do that again, then he'll put himself right in the running. Yeah, definitely. Can we just win the championship first? Then he can go off and do whatever he likes. <laughs> Just let us yeah. win the championship first, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what else have we got? Loads going on. Um, the hundred fixtures came out. Oh, did they? They did. <laughs> and there's a fixture clash. Oh no! So Friday, uh, not Friday, Sunday, the seventh of August. The Welsh Firemen <laughs> are playing in Cardiff, and it is the West Country Derby. Up at Neville Road, Gloucester versus Somerset in the Royal London One Day Cup. The Seats Unique Stadium, actually. Exactly. The Seat Unique Stadium. Yeah. Seat Unique. Is it Seat Unique or Seat Unique? I think it is Seat. Yeah, I did double check that it wasn't the car. Yeah, it's the people that do like the ticketing website software or something like that, isn't it? That's Seat Unique. How romantic. (laughs) How evocative. How historic. Anyway, I wonder what WG Grace thinks of that. Well, if he's getting get a watch of cash from Seat Unique, he's probably, <laughs> probably happy is. with it. He's probably still on royalties. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so at Neville Road on Sunday, the 7th of August, Somerset versus, or Gloucestershire versus Somerset in the Royal London One Day Cup. Welsh Firemen are playing in the 100 over the Seven Bridge, and I, for one, would be absolutely heartbroken if they were playing in front of one man and a dog in Cardiff. And Gloucester versus Somerset was packed to the rafters and absolutely bouncing with people maybe singing songs about how they don't like the 100 after a few dozen <laughs> thatchers come 6 o'clock. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's the plan. We're going to start a campaign, me and Annie Chave probably, I don't know, we're going to uh, get that out. But, but that's the plan, really. Make sure that game is sold out and have the sky cameras showing... A desolate barren wasteland down at Sophia Gardens with tumbleweed blowing across the outfield, church bells echoing in the distance, and real vibrant, proper county cricket for proper cricket fans going on at uh, at the Seat Unique Stadium. Anyway, so yeah, we'll try and organise that as as best we can. Uh, I've already come up with a few songs, which some or may or may not have some quite industrial language in them. So I better come up with a. uh, come up with a PG uh, PG versions of those so we don't get chucked out of the ground and I think I've exhausted the agenda apart from one it, thing uh, oh sorry Dan go on I was saying is it just worth mentioning regarding the 100 but with relevance to Somerset obviously the, the um, retentions were announced so Overton, Lamanby, anyway, <laughs> were retained by their teams um, Waller, Banton, Baker and Van der Merve released so obviously Banton will be signed in the draft but it might mean that we actually have Van der Merv for the Royal London One Day Cup campaign I, yeah. I'm not certain he'll be signed in the draft Max Waller as well might you know I reckon there's a good chance he won't be signed in the draft particularly as he's been dropped from RT20 so he might be able for our Royal London campaign so yeah, you know that'll be a game us. for Southern Brave did he? he didn't no and um, 
it might be the case though that we do lose Goldsworthy this year, perhaps uh, to the hundred, which would be a shame because obviously he did brilliantly last year in the One Day Cup. Um, but those performances might actually get him in, you know, help to get him into the hundred this year. Um, but I yeah. think you know, with Siddle and Renshaw being available as well for the Royal London Cup, and with Rue and Thomas improving, we we do actually have a pretty good side for that tournament. Yeah, just uh, I'm uh, just kind of I've got my spreadsheet open with all the contract expiry dates and everything like that. Who expires this year? Let's have a look. Banton, Bartlett, Brooks, Davis, Delanger, Hildreth, Renshaw, Sale, Siddle and Waller. Their contracts all expire this year. Mm. So there we go. And uh, just got to mention about the... Uh, have you seen those law changes which are coming into effect the 1st of October? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's going to confuse oh, me watching games well. about a year after that. <laughs> so I, think, it, I think the one about... You know, not being able to cross when the catches catches take is a really good one. I don't, I, you know, I don't see why the bowler should be penalised for, um, you know, in taking a wicket and then have to bowl at the the set batsman and the next one up. Seems to me very sensible change that one. Yeah, does make sense. And the other one was they're moving, uh, running out the non-striker from unfair play just into run out I think so that's more of a cosmetic change but yeah that I mean it's one of those just anachronisms that I think they've con kind of just gone yeah let's change it for some reason they may change it back in a few years I don't know but you know these these people at the MCC laws committee have got to earn their salaries and their expenses and stuff like that haven't they so uh, so yeah um the only thing about when they publish these law changes, it does drag those people out of going, ah, uh, it's batsman, not batter. Batter is something you put on fish. Those people are going on the list, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Women and girls play cricket. What is the issue of having gender-neutral language in the laws of the game? It doesn't England. bother me. No, I mean, well, although I do, I, do, I do, I'm afraid sometimes use batsman rather than batter. Well, it's, it's a bit it's, of move, movable. It movable is, yeah. Fix, I mean, batter. If, if, if you're concentrating on a women, men's game and you say batsman, are they, anybody's going to bother with you? If, uh, bother with if, that? If, if it's, it's women, they'd be batters. But yeah. if, if it's blokes, I don't see what's wrong with batsmen. Yeah, anyway. but when you're in the when you're in the laws of the game and it applies oh, to yeah. everybody, it's batter. Yeah, and all oh, these people who just think they're being funny, oh, batter's what you fry fish with. Get on the list with Alex Wharf. Uh, I forgot who's on my list now. Oh, I meant to do the list. I meant to make a list and I forgot. Alex Wharf, Gareth Batty, Tom Curran, Ian Ward. There's a lot of Surrey guys on there. I don't know. Why. Sort of South That's London. okay. Fine with me. <laughs> Keep them on there. And um, people who think that the word batter is uh, somehow offensive. Right. You're on the list. Anything else on my list then? Uh, so we've got Dan getting the media into the kit. Da, 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 da. I think we're done with everything that we uh, started off to talk about. Do we have any other business? Just remind everyone to tweet Peter Siddle this evening, please. Yeah. At P. Siddley, uh, at Peter Siddle 403. Um, yeah. Oh, what's happening in the cricket? They've taken the score off. I, doesn't it bother? It really bugs me when they're doing something in the cricket and they take the score off. I think they've gone off for rain or something. Was it lunch or tea? No, they've had tea. Delayed, it's come up on the ECB. Yeah. Oh, right, they must have just gone off for rain. Um, right then, so I guess we'll get together, well, after all these pre-season friendlies have, uh, have taken place. We're going to have a better understanding of who's going to complete the top, uh, the top five. Are you planning to go to any of the um, pre-season? We've got Glamorgan, Gloucestershire, Warwickshire. Warwickshire. Uh, yeah. Let me check the days. It's 12 days time, isn't it? The first one. It's, it's not long, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How close it is. Uh, 21st. 21st. I've just yeah. got my all my fixtures on my calendar. My Somerset calendar here. Uh, yeah, the 21st of March. So 12 days time. Yeah, Glamorgan at home. So that's the that's the kind of the net in the middle one, isn't it? The two-day one. And then they've got uh, Gloucester three days over 26th, 27th, and 28th. And and then Warwickshire, first of the third of April. So yeah, um, good scheduling there. A few days of those on on the weekend. So yeah, I'm I think I might, I might go down and watch a bit of the uh, Gloucestershire game. It'd be very interesting. 
Yep. Fancy the Gloucesters this season. They've got oh, a good side. You can't say that. You can't keep supporting well, Gloucestershire. I'm not supporting them. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, watch out for them. Yes, you can Yeah. You can bet this is the season where Azar Ali finally finds his feet in England and he scores buckets of bloody runs. Is it Worcestershire? Oh, is it Worcestershire? Is it who's a who's a, yeah, who's yeah, a Gloucester? Yeah. Nassim Shah. Yeah, Marcus Nassim Harris. Harris. Ah, Marcus, Marcus Harris. Harris. Marcus Harris has mm. come from Leicestershire. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah, we can't have the Gloucesters win it. Have the Gloucesters won it before? No. Well, they have. Before it was officially instituted. Oh, well, back in, yeah. Yeah, but they haven't won it since 1891, which is... I think, I think as Captain Mannering would say, mm. I think you're getting into the realms of fantasy there, and I hope that doesn't come back to bite me. Yeah. But I, well, I I'll, just remi- I'll remind you of that, Mr. Tank. <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll have humble but, uh, tie ready, but I don't think it'll be needed. Yeah, hopefully two two good tests before the season, though. Warwickshire and, and Gloucestershire. Mm. Yeah, um, oh, I've got a few more listeners' questions, so I'm going to have to run through these quick. Um, Alison writes: uh, Are you aware of the latest on the appointment of a batting coach? Well, yeah. uh, they they've advertised <laughs> for it. Um, yeah, I had a look at the dates. the The interviews were held on the twelfth and thirteenth of January, or the initial okay. interviews. So we must be close to to knowing who it is who's got the job. <laughs> it's a bit late now, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's not ideal. They've not really had the winter to work True. with them, isn't it? So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it should be Marcus, really, shouldn't it? But um, Dan he's should off with know because the, the lucky candidate would have contacted Dan and said, "Can you get me a salary increase, please?" <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Are you head of the? Are you gonna get a job with the with the PCA, Dan? You know, equal rights and all that sort of thing. Get all these salary increases <laughs> and whatnot going on. Yeah, it's um, easy, isn't it? Just send an email, put it on Twitter. Easy. Dear job. Gordon, I am very disappointed at the lack of free cider and my opportunities in the first eleven for Somerset this season. Yours, Ian Shepherd. Get me, get me the team. <laughs> Maybe it's not that easy. Maybe it's not that easy. Um, question from Simon uh, about batting coaches. Um, Oh, this is a good one. Do you think we'll start producing some better or more sporting surfaces now that the points deduction is done and dusted? Well, I hope they're better pitches than they have been for the last couple of years because they really haven't been very good at all. Just so, and I'm not on a few occasions. Yeah, I hope so. I, I mean, I can't see them producing raging turners uh, in the you know. Back in the sort of mid mid teens era, because we don't know how much Jack Leach is going to be able to available for us during the second half of the season anyway, and we haven't got Don Bess, so you know, and apart from Jack Leach, we haven't got a spin bowler, have we? Roloff. Well, Roloff, yeah. Got Roloff. <laughs> that was the last Max Renshaw four day game. Goldsworthy. Yeah. yeah but... That's the one thing we need to admit, find I an off dinner from somewhere. Through... I sort of thought through the winter, I just wonder whether our chances of having Don Best back have increased by what's been going on. That would have been, that would have been nice, but I don't think it's going to happen. No. He's very popular in Yorkshire anyway. They, they really like him up there. Mm. You know. No, I know. I know. Uh, any more questions? Uh, well, I think that's it. Not too many. Oh, just one from John as well. Um, should bonus points be given in both innings of county cricket? Um, no. <laughs> Sorry, John. No. Sorry, John. No. I mean, they're a bit of a, an anomaly bonus points, aren't they? I suppose they're there to reward you for absolutely stuffing the opposition. But in theory, I don't know. It's 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 always been a bit of a. They were introduced originally to, to in, encourage brighter cricket. That was the idea. Yeah. Mm. A few years ago, Wisden did a thing where they like they replaced, they basically uh, put in a like football style point system. They they applied a football style point system to the county championship, and it basically changed barely any of the positions. So if you just did three mm. points for a win and one point for a draw, it probably wouldn't really change much. But I think the one time bonus points are useful is in rain-affected matches. You know, that yeah. gave the, the Gloucestershire-Somerset game at Bristol last year, that gave it a bit of mm-hmm. context. It was quite fun, you know, seeing us rack up to, what, 350, 300, and then we got mm-hmm. got them 27 for 6 to get two bowling points. So that was that was good fun. But that's the One of the best days of last season, that was. That it was. was. 
Yes, it was. It, you enjoyed yourself up there, Dan, didn't you? You had a great couple of days up there, <laughs> Dan, didn't you? I, yeah, I did get very lucky in choosing that day. Yeah, yes. was it? Let it go, Ian. Ian, let it go now. It's, it's if you're not, if you're not aware of what I'm, I'm talking about, we didn't intentionally avoid each other. But I booked the first two days up at, up at that game, the first game back after COVID right. regulations, <laughs> and then Dan went to days three and four and watched Tom Abel score a glorious just hundred. Just day three. Oh, just day three. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. In the two days I planned to attend, I saw about 40 minutes play in the cold and wet. Any who's. Any more for any more, or should we knock it on the head? That's good with me. Great yeah. stuff. Right, we'll, uh, we'll catch you uh, next time then, everybody. If you want to give us a follow on Twitter, we're at Somerset Podcast. I think we're at Somerset Podcast and all the social medias. If you want to drop us an email, and please do, because nobody ever has, despite me mentioning it. I don't know what you want to email us about, but it's the Somerset Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, but for Steve, for Dan, and for Anthony, uh, we'll uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch up with you next time.